Welcome to the Superhost Unveiled podcast, where a small family created a thriving vacation rental business in the heart of the White Mountains. Founded by husband and wife duo Peter and Julia Plord, with the help of their business-savvy daughter Hannah, Peter was able to leave his full-time job and move him and his wife to their dream location. Together, we'll discuss the secrets of building a successful vacation rental business and beyond. Pack your bags, let's check in for the journey of your life. Here are your super hosts, Hannah and Peter Plord. All right, welcome everyone. I have um, the great privilege of interviewing today, Johnston Escapes. If you guys could just kind of tell our listeners who you are, and um, this is the first time we've had two at once, so this is cool, husband and wife. Um, If you could just tell us where you're located, um, a little bit about your background, and maybe how you got into vacation rentals. Sure, so we're Ryan and Carrie Johnston. We are a married couple, and we're from just outside of Charlotte, North Carolina, um, and we're both in mortgage. So we we kind of got involved in the rental business really by me getting a mortgage first. So that's kind of how it all stemmed. Yeah, it it kind of started off a, a few years ago with with originally us just kind of taking that natural step in life with kind of looking at your finances, you know, getting that at a certain point, not that it, that it was, uh, you know, out of line by any means, but it just kind of put us on the path to focus more on where we wanted to be. Yeah. And from there, you know, once we did that, we started diving into the investing and different strategies. We knew we wanted to invest. We just didn't know exactly which strategy we wanted to do. So we kind of dove in, um, looked at a few different things, got really heavy in podcast <laughs> and before you know it we look up and we're we're heavily involved in short-term rentals but it's been it's been awesome yeah and we have three kids and mortgage so stay pretty busy between everything that's right yeah how old are the kids we have a nine-year-old boy named caleb a five-year-old girl named cora and a 19-month-old named carly rose oh wow so you got a little little one they're yeah. spread out yeah yeah spread out but congrats on that um, <laughs> Thank sports you. dance what's the what's the all thing the things, everything all yeah football right now but it changes from the season and then our middle one is really artsy and dance she likes dance and art and that kind of thing and then the youngest is in that age where we're just trying to make sure she doesn't fall and hurt herself so <laughs> uh, but the uh the oldest is keeping us busy with his sports but we're having fun yeah, that's great. So one thing you said is you talked a little bit about financials and, um, you know, kind of not that they were off track, but just kind of getting maybe a magnifying glass to them. One of the things I'm, I've been really listening to a lot of podcasts now about, you know, the financial independence movement and retiring early and all that, you know, that whole, I don't even know, subculture, I guess, that that's out there. Is, is that something you guys think about too or, or, or not really? Yeah, I mean, so for us, we were at a period in our life where it was kind of a transition period. I knew that I was moving jobs. I went from recruiting to mortgage, so quite a big difference in the industry. Um, And so we knew that we wanted to pay off the debt that we had. We actually went through the Dave Ramsey financial piece. Now, we don't 
agree with everything Dave Ramsey says, but it was a really, really good thing for us to do because we, we did, I mean, we, we looked at our finances, took a deep dive on what our spending was. We created a plan and we got, I mean, all of our debt outside of our mortgage paid off, which allowed us to save. Um, and then, yeah. you know, once we started saving and I, I was in the mortgage industry, we realized, Hey, we, we think that, you know, we can do this. We can buy a house. We can either do long-term, short-term. We weren't, we weren't sure that at the beginning, what we really wanted to do, but we knew that we wanted to invest in real estate in some sort of capacity. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, Ryan, were you going to say something? No, I was just going to back that up with, with, you know, uh, like you said before, and as Carrie um, reiterated, our finances were just normal stuff, right? Yeah, it's like just natural progression through life. And it's, it was nothing that was crazy, but until you kind of focus in on that and you're intentional about the direction you want to take your finances, it's, it's not going to go anywhere. Right. So, and that's, you can, you probably see a lot of different, you know, correlations and parallels real estate. We can look at things and we can analyze this, you know, till the sun comes up, but, but until we get intentional about the path we want to take, it's just kind of there. You know what I mean? So completely. Uh, yeah. That was big for us. Once we were, yeah, exactly. So once we were able to kind of square some things up, it, um, it was a, a, a good sense of relief. And then we felt even more comfortable diving into that investment space, which we're in now. So did you go on Dave's show and do the debt-free scream or did you just do that in your kitchen? <laughs> no, we didn't. We just, yeah, kind of high five each other and said, awesome, what's next? You know, so... Yeah, we didn't get, we, we weren't, we didn't have. We, we didn't eat ramen, no. you know, <laughs> and rice and beans. You know, if that's your thing, go for it. But, um, you know, we we kind of had a little bit of mix of both. But yeah. in all honesty, it was something that, you know, once we, we got on a, a more clear path, which is the most important thing. Um, but yeah, no rice and beans for us. Gotcha. Um, Good night. So, so did you, did you say you paid off your mortgage, your home mortgage too, or? Did I hear that? No, no. Everything okay. outside of our mortgage, okay. we, we paid off. Yeah, because I'm I'm in the camp. Well, you know, I understand the peace of mind camp where you don't have a mortgage payment, but then I'm more in the camp of the money so cheap. Like, why would you yeah. pay it off yeah. early when you can use that money uh, to invest? Do you guys agree with that? or? Absolutely. Yeah, we're, you know, somebody else at this point is is paying down our mortgage so we're not concerned to to pay it off i mean maybe down the road put more money towards our mortgage payments but that yeah. was never our goal our goal was to you know get rid of some of our debt to lower our debt to income ratio so we can qualify for um additional mortgages and now we're kind of in growth mode yeah yeah that's awesome congratulations on all that stuff so okay. you said you said that you were you were thinking long-term rentals you were thinking short-term rentals um what like how did you take us through like the process because you eventually just settled to a short term right you didn't go long term at all or did you no we, we've been short term since our first investment okay so did you like how did you analyze that first deal? I guess did you did you there was there step steps or you just felt good like in the gut that this was going to be a great short term rental? 
Yeah, so we did, we did a lot of research, right? So we mentioned we live here in Charlotte, just outside of Charlotte, and we looked here for what, probably two years, maybe something along those lines, a year and a half, two years. And, you know, it, we just couldn't make the numbers work based on what we were looking for. And then we started looking a little bit towards where I'm from, which is in the triad area of North Carolina. And um, the numbers just made a lot more sense. So we, there's a few different, you know, sites that you can utilize out there. I'm sure Peter, you're familiar with them, AirDNA and MASHVisor that give you really good insight on a given area that you're considering investing in. And when we started looking in this particular area that we invest in now, it was really attractive, right? So um, from there, we kind of dove in and looked up and we were doing it. <laughs> so a lot more that goes into it than just that. Don't get me wrong, yeah, but that's kind of how it, it was pretty quick. Once we decided on the area, um, we, we started looking and like Ryan said, the next minute we look up and we're under contract. Now we do in, invest with Ryan's mom. So Johnson Escapes is not just us two. It's me and Ryan and his mother, uh, Mel. So it's the three of us. And she actually lives up in the High Point, the Triad area. So she she's kind of like our local person up there. Um, but yeah, once we started talking about it, we, we looked at a couple houses and we found one. We got really lucky with it. Um, it had been sitting on the market for, for a little while. And this was back in 2019. So the market wasn't as hot houses sat for, you know, 30, 60 days. And that was normal. Um, but really it was because it was outdated. I mean, it wasn't anything crazy, but it, it was outdated. I mean, fixtures needed to be updated. It was things that I could easily see past where I could see other people wouldn't. So we got really lucky with that one. Um, did some minor repairs, yeah, cosmetic, yeah, cosmetic stuff on the first one, which was good. I mean, it wasn't too extensive, so it was a good first time, first or a first time home because exactly. um, or investment home um, because we didn't need to do much or get contractors or whatnot, just minor things. Little different story with the second one, but we'll probably yeah, get to that. yeah. Like the first one, we purchased it, we closed, and got it ready in two weeks. Yeah, that's super fast. Uh, yeah. yeah, let's 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 wait for the second one um, for a second because I want to ask some questions about this first one. So, yeah. can you can you kind of tell us? Because I don't even know. Like I've I've been through Charlotte. I don't know if I've spent. I feel like I fly into Charlotte as a connector all the time. Um, yeah. So the area that you guys are in, like, is it like who who comes there? Like, what are they coming there for? Like, what are, what are your guests all about? I guess. So in High Point, we've got a few different things. It's, it's the furniture capital of the world, which is completely random yet true. Um, Vegas has been kind of competing with that over the years. But um, there's a few different draws. So there's the, uh, like I said, the furniture capital of the world. We've got High Point University there, which is a, a really, really nice private school. And I kind of dug into that, found out that, you know, I knew it was expensive, but I found out that 85% of students are out of state. So that kind of puts the pieces together as, okay, well, Lots this is going to, yeah, families are traveling and most of them are out of state. Um, and, and quite frankly, there's not a ton of hotels in the, in our area. Um, there's also a hospital. So it's, it's checking off multiple boxes here. And, and ultimately it's, it's been something that's, that's been pretty well, pretty good. For that's us. awesome. So what, um, 
is it is there a seasonality to your year or is it just pretty you know does it pretty much it's stay pretty the same yeah it's, we stay pretty steady our occupancy rate is probably anywhere from 70 or 65 to 85 percent on a given month okay and what's your um ballpark like what's your average nightly rate ball you know average. uh try to two, it's about 200 to 220 okay so so during you know i mentioned that being the furniture capital of the world they have um furniture market twice a year and during it's one one excuse me one week twice a year and when they do that prices um were a lot higher at that point in time so that is kind of inflated around when market comes but for the most part it is averaging about 200 yeah gotcha okay so so that make that that just i think helps everyone that's listening to understand like what your market's like because we do get so many different markets as you can imagine um and i think there's a lot of people that sometimes only think like a vacation market's going to work like Colorado or Vail or whatever, but it's not true. You know, like you can do it anywhere. Um, but I think some of the keys that you guys brought up is that you, you know, you did your homework. What it sounds like it was important that the properties were close to you or was that, was that, did you guys think, well, maybe I'll go, you know, 10 hours away. Was that ever a talk topic of conversation or no? No, it was, uh, that was an important factor for us, especially being our, our, you know, initial investment is we just, we wanted to have more of a hands-on, uh, you know, type experience and, and something that we can get to, or, you know, as we mentioned, my mother being there, um, because we were just inexperienced in the space, you know, at this, that might be something that we explore down the road, but for now, uh, we're kind of, we like the fact that we can, I'm sorry, my dog is snoring louder than you. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, <laughs> but yeah, being able to get to it, it's an hour and a half for us. And, and she's uh, she's right up there if in case anything needs immediate attention. Awesome. Because so, we do self-manage. Got, yeah, it's awesome. Um, every episode, there's a reference to a dog because I have two dogs. I don't know where they are actually at the moment, but they will bark if they and if they hear your dog barking at some point, they will bark at the computer. So. Oh, yeah. uh, we have two dogs, so I'm sure at some point it'll be barks if somebody be, taps the door. Yeah. Oh man, Amazon comes to the door, forget it. We are not being and, murdered. We are, it's just our dog barking. I can assure you that. Same here. Same here. Um, and then and, and we get like they deliver right to the front porch. So. Um, <laughs> Okay, so two weeks, you, you had to furnish it or no? Yes, yeah, we had to furnish it. So our goal, we had closed in- I think October. It was the beginning of October. And so market comes to High Point every April and every October. So we had closed like the 1st of October. And I believe that year market was coming in like the 14th. So we really wanted to get up and running to book it for market because we didn't want to miss out on that that income um so yeah we did what we had to do to get it done and we we, we did it yeah i kind of put us in a hole on that one because i i just went and as soon as we got pictures you know done um or i think i even listed that's and what he, i did i listed, listed it with it no pictures with no pictures really? available <laughs> and so obviously somebody booked it and we were like okay now we have to do this yeah so it yeah. was uh we got it done, but it was a little stressful. It was very stressful. Oh, very? It okay. was very right. stressful. 
you know, men, men, what is it? Men are from Mars and women are from wherever, you know, like right. oh, stressful. Right. Yeah, I, I like did the same thing on our first one, um, except I think we had pictures two days after close, um, but it was furnished. So, um, yeah, we, I mean, again, it was mostly cosmetics. We painted, we got rid of all the light fixtures in the home, updated those. We painted some of the exterior. Um, so really it didn't need much work. Like the, the bones were really good. And even, even like the kitchen and the bathrooms were nice. It was just had dingy walls and dingy fixtures. So once we updated all of those, it completely transformed the space. And then obviously adding, you know, the, the decor and the furniture, which we do all of that ourselves too, between me and my, my mother-in-law Mel. Um, so we designed it and made it how we wanted it and got it to where it needed to be. Well, that's great. So yeah. All right. So you hit publish and then what happens? So we published it. And like I said, we just, uh, I mean, I just threw up a picture. I think it was the stock photo from Zillow, something along those lines. And uh, it got booked and it's like the, uh, the rush of emotion. You're like, Oh my gosh, this is actually somebody wants to book our property. You know what I mean? And they're like, yeah, what do we do? How do we, you know, we didn't have any of the systems we have in place now. Um, but you know, it, it all worked out, it, you know, it kind of lit a fire underneath us to get it, to get it taken care of. Cause we knew we had somebody coming in. So that was kind of a blessing in disguise, but, um, it was, it was an interesting time to say the least. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. So did you get it booked for that, that date that you wanted it for that, for the furniture week? We, they we were our very first guests, so were, furniture yeah. market guests, and typically the furniture market people are it's companies, you know, sending employees, so they'll book your house for a week or whatever the you know for the dates of the market. So we got it booked, everything went well, it was great, um, and then just kind of hit the ground running from there. Awesome. So my so I'm guessing Airbnb that was probably the first place you went, right? Yes. Most people can start on Airbnb, I would think. So, um, and I know from looking at your link that you're using your porter, I think, right now. Correct. Yeah. Um, so, so back then, like you were just, were you just man, like, was someone in charge of messaging? Like, did you guys have roles defined or were you all doing it? Yeah, we were doing the messaging uh, ourselves back then. Um, and, and honestly, it wasn't too long afterwards that we implemented, it was a different messaging system at that point. Um, and then we switched over to your Porter, I think five to six months afterwards. But at that point in time, yes, we were just, we were just handling the messaging ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about, you know, what you guys use, but let's talk about what happens next. So, so how, and, and this is all in, this was in 2019. So when did you decide like, Hey, this is going well, I think we should go for another one. Uh, January of 2020. So <laughs> right back to back to back. Holy so. crap. That's fast. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty quick. Yeah. That's quick. And how did that happen? Were you like actively like, let's do it. Or were you kind of like, Oh, look at this house. Did yeah. We knew that we wanted to do it again. And we kind of had budgeted and you know obviously a good thing of going in with somebody else is you know it's 50 50 so we you know sat down and talked with mel who's ryan's mom like when do we want to do another one and an opportunity 
kind of arose out of out of nowhere. Um, the house that we, the second house we bought, it's a historic home. Um, the owners actually now knew them, and she figured out that they were putting they were listing their house for sale, um, and so we decided that the time was right and that we were going to do it and um, put an offer and got accepted and the fun began with that one. <laughs> so did it go on the market or did you guys buy it off market? It went on the market on for the market. about 30 minutes yeah. and then we scooped it up and we gotcha. said, well, thank you. There was actually a house across the street, another historic home that we were kind of considering, considering yeah. as well. Um, but as soon as, you know, the other, the other house, went on the market we were, we were like we need this this is the one it's kind of aligned more with with what we wanted to do now the one across the street is that one yours now too it was actually it was actually the next door neighbors it's okay different one because I, I yeah I, know, I remember you told me you bought a third one so and that's where yeah. you're at now right you have three yeah yeah we're under contract with our third one uh, and it okay. is it is directly across the street from our other house. Yes, you're correct in that sense. Which is but it super. Wasn't the other house that we were originally looking at. Yeah, congrats. That's super cool. Oh, thank you. So let's talk about Mel for one second because I'm I'm intrigued. Not not many moms team up with their sons, right? I don't know. Maybe they do, and I don't know that. My mom uh, <laughs> is watching from above. But uh, so, like, what's her background? Is she did, like, how did that happen? Like, how did this all happen with her? You got so, so she is a nurse. She was a nurse. Okay. And um, it's kind of how she knew the owner uh, of the house, the second house that we bought. They were both nurses. And she is very artistic, right? So she's got a gift that I was not blessed with. Um, Carrie has that gift. I do not. Um but she had also she was in a position she had changed from being a nurse in the hospital to doing it was what what is it like a I'm call like, nurse type yeah. position right okay hated it and and we knew that she was wanting to retire soon right so part of this came to light was how can we you know how can we make this mutually beneficial for both of us right so she's helping us out we're in this together right but at the same point, can we provide and help provide a stream of income for her post retirement? So that's kind of how it uh, it came to light. And then she absolutely fell in love with it. She's abs she's obsessed with the houses. Like she yeah. just goes over there and just when there's not a guest and just straighten stuff up. It's it's insane, but in a good way. Um, it was kind of one of those things too, where we were obsessing over wanting to to get into real estate. And we are really close with her and, and Ryan is very close to her. So when we were talking about, hey, this is what we want to do and this is why we want to do it and sharing numbers with her, she started getting obsessed over it. So we both kind of were on the same wavelength and level where we're like, okay, well, what if we go in this together and just become a partnership and a business? And that's kind of how it all started. And so once we both decided this is what we're going to do, we've just, we haven't looked back. Um, so we've just started, you know, like the family business of, of buying houses or short-term short rentals. Um, and so that's kind of how she got, got into it. Basically from us, you know, talking to her about it and what the numbers looked like, it was intriguing to her. Yeah, that's so, that's fantastic. I mean, my, 
you know, we're, our, our business up here is my wife and my two daughters, you know, who are in their 20s. So um, one handles all of our guest communications and one kind of, um, she handles more the operations side. So it's just great to be able to work yeah. Well, you love, you know, and a, and a side note too. I mean, Ryan had talked about her, you know, being a nurse and, you know, not loving it. We were able to retire her this year, which was really, really exciting. Um, so and awesome. if we had not had our houses, she would not have been able to retire. Yeah, that's fantastic. All right. So before we get into the second one and the rehab that followed your purchase. Um, so I know like for a lot of people, like you, you get that first one, you got it ready really fast. Did you did you have a cleaner or like were you in charge of that too? Or did you find one really quick? Found one really quick. Oh, that's and great. She's wonderful. Um, and she she worked for us for about a year, um, but then kind of just stepped away from cleaning. So then we had to, you know, obviously need to find a new one. But um, yeah, we just got really lucky and put out a few job posts and I think it was like next door, the next door app and we found her and she worked for us and it was really, really great. So we yeah, got, that's, we've that's gotten great. pretty lucky with our cleaners. Yeah. That's fantastic. I know like for, for us up here, when we were just starting to launch, it was like, I would get more calls from owners who cleaners just like flaked out, you know? And yeah. Right. We ended up cleaning for people really out of contract just because I felt bad for them. And then, they, yeah. you know, that's kind of how we started and grew. So I know like certain areas are probably worse than others. And then, then the pandemic really didn't, didn't really help. Um, now, were you, were you guys affected by the pandemic down there or, or, or not so much? Oh yeah. So, so yeah, we were, I mean, luckily being in the mortgage, Brian wasn't in mortgage at the time, but being in mortgage, our business actually boomed. Um, so that was a huge blessing for us. Um, but as far as our properties, we had purchased our second home in January of 2020. Um, and then obviously the pandemic hit. And so our contracted work, it kind of, it, from a four month expectation went to like an eight month. So it took, it took a long time for us to get that house up and running just mainly because of, of the pandemic. Yeah. And then it was, it was, a uh... A mass exodus of guests and reservations, understandably so, yeah. right? So, um, but yeah. it was it came in in a you know in a surge and and hit us pretty hard from the investment side. But I would say that it wasn't that bad. I mean, I would say April was the worst month. I think we had ninety five percent of the bookings cancel and no bookings for the month of April. But we still had people coming in May, June, July, like onwards because there was people coming in to visit family they didn't want to go to a hotel versus so, so like they wanted to come to a cleaner space versus a hotel where other people were um so i mean we were affected but it, i don't think we were affected that bad yeah 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 when it hit we we kind of panicked and then carrie is exactly right we started getting those uh, family members that you know they just want to connect with their family they hadn't seen in a while so we were fortunate in that aspect yeah, I mean, who, who would want to go to a hotel, you know, I mean, even though I, I, I did some hotel stays back then and and they did a good job, you know, like, mm -hmm. you know, doing the best they could with sanitizing everything and making sure one person in an elevator at a time. But I, I would feel a lot more safer in, in, in a private home for sure. Mm -hmm. um, all right. So now the second one, 
you, you get literally three months later and uh, this one needs a ton of work, right? If, if I understand yeah. it correctly, right? Yeah, I mean, it was it was livable. The people that lived there before, I mean, they, they didn't, it was just their primary home and they had always lived in it as it was and it was fine. But there, there were a lot of areas that needed improving. So, I mean, it only had one bathroom. So we knew we wanted to add another full bath. Um, and so we converted what, what used to be a utility utility closet and then just like, um, they had a desk in the room. So that particular area, actually back in the day, these historic homes, they had what's called sleeping porches. So they would have these porches that were had like two sides of the porch that were open so that in the summer and the hotter months that they they would all of the, everybody in the house would sleep out on the porch and all these homes had it our new one has it too um and so what was once the sleeping porch is now a bathroom in that house um so we added the bathroom we completely ripped up all of the the deck um, on all the decks outside, it's, it's got multiple decks, three decks. So we ripped up all of the decks, replaced the decks, um, in the backyard, it was like a weird closed in deck. So we opened that back, um, redid the kitchen. Redid the kitchen. So this one had a pretty extensive renovation. Um, so it, it just took a little bit longer, especially with it being right in the middle of COVID. <laughs> um, but we did, get it up and running by, I think it was like August, mm-hmm. August of 2020. Yeah. Gotcha. So how much are you, how much were you guys actually swinging hammers or we, did you um, outsource that? We, we outsourced, we got contractors to do, do the work. I mean, we're, we're not local. We're handy. I, f- I feel like we're handier now, but not, we're by no means contractors. Man, I can assemble anything. Having three kids, Fisher Price kind of trained me for that. <laughs> um, putting those things together in, in kids' toys. But yeah, Carrie's right. For anything, uh, you know, outside of, of basic stuff with us not being there, we just want to make sure it was done, done properly and done, you know, efficiently, even though it sounds like, you know, eight months is a long, long time. And it is, we tried to do it ourselves. It would have been even longer. Um, so, so we had a, uh, but now it's, uh, it's in the past and we're rocking and rolling with it. Yeah. So is it, is it going well? And what, I, I mean, I looked at your, you know, your listings and, and they're just gorgeous. Your pictures are gorgeous. Like the way you, you know, you definitely hundred percent right when you say um mel and carrie have a great eye for 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 design um i mean they're as good as anything you see on hdtv to be honest with you so thank you that's a huge compliment yeah i mean great make great job to both of you um so so it's going well the second one is it outperforming the first one is it doing about the same and 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 how far are those two from each other they're about a mile from each other, so they're very close. Um, and it's right downtown. The second one is right there on like the main street of High Point, close to where the market um, convention is. And it's surrounded by like a new brewery. You could literally throw a, a stone and hit the brewery and restaurant. So it's in a really great location. The second one, um, walking distance to a lot of things. So that's appealing. Um, but yeah, they're they're close to each other, very close to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And and is it is is it doing about the same performance wise, or is it doing? Um, 
it's it's booked more than our other one but it they're, they're pretty they're both yeah, pretty it, much in line but our historic one it's like it stays i would say more closer to like 90 percent occupancy rate wow. with that one it stays booked yeah that's um, awesome so we've been super for, fortunate you know even getting guests throughout the week because normally you know you see people coming on the weekends but we we stay pretty booked yeah, that's we, that's we want to stay in the house. We need to make sure we do it well and block off the weekend well in advance um, to make sure we can get up there. Because every once in a while, we'll block it off and go up and visit family because his dad lives in the area as well. Yeah, that's that's amazing though. That's awesome. Ninety percent occupancy is fantastic. Um, what um so you get to two. At this point, are you still doing everything manually? Or at what point did you say I, I want to bring some software into the loop? And what what else? I know I know. If you want to just maybe talk about your porter a little bit, I I did use that app when I first started, um, so I understand it. But maybe listeners don't. And so, how yeah. are you using it? And then um, any other software that you're possibly using? If you could talk talk about that, that would be cool. Yeah, absolutely. So. You know, like I said, my, my mother and Carrie are, um, you know, the decor masters, right? The the experts. Um, I was the one who kind of dug into the systems and the software because that was, and honestly, to answer your, your question, Peter, it was it was pretty early in the process that we implemented software and uh, different things along those lines. Um, just because, I mean, let's just be honest. We had heard the things around Airbnb and short-term rentals. Oh, you know, you got people that do this and do that and uh, they'll have parties at your house and you'll, it's a constant 24 seven job. But we, uh, you know, I also knew that wasn't, that didn't have to be the case. So I wanted to implement something that's going to allow us to run this efficiently. That's not going to take away from our personal time uh, with our family and from our, you know, full-time jobs that we have. Right. So we put your reporter, like I said, we started off with a different messaging system originally, and then uh, quickly moved to your reporter. Uh, and basically for anybody who doesn't know what it is, it's, um, it's a channel management software. So we list our house on Airbnb, VRBO, and we actually have our uh, a personal website. Um, so you can list uh, it consolidates all your listings into one area. You've got a unified inbox calendar system. So, you know, if somebody books on Airbnb, it's going to cancel out the calendar, those dates on VRBO, same thing with our personal website. So it just keeps everything consolidated and very easy to manage. And then from the messaging standpoint, which is the best feature about it, you can automate messages. So you can say, you know, as soon as somebody books a reservation, they get an automatic message that that sounds personable and you can really customize those and tailor them however you want. Um, and you can set these messages up throughout the stay based on certain trigger points. So we have one that goes out, like I said, as soon as a new reservation comes in saying, hey, thank you so much for booking with us. We'll be in touch a little bit sooner towards your uh, reservation. They get another message couple days before with just instructions on how to, you know, access the property and some minor details that we want to include in there um, and then check out instructions. So we are not actively messaging anybody unless they are asking a specific question, but the majority of our guests, we, we literally have no direct communication with, um, but they, you know, this isn't, 
a deceiving thing by any anyway. This is just um, they think that we're speaking with them and they're sending these messages and it just it all boils back to making the experience, you know, uh, an enjoyable one and, and giving them the information they need. Yeah, and we're as interactive as they want us to be, right? So if somebody wants to call or text us, we're super responsive. But if a guest just wants to stay and just be there, not be bothered, then they can have at it. You know, they've got all the information that they need in the messaging um, system that's sent automatically. So we're as interactive as they want us to be. Um, but like Ryan said, for the most part, it's pretty hands-off because of the, the automation that we have set up. Yeah, I couldn't imagine life without it. And I did the same thing you guys did. Like, I think, because I think you can use, and you correct me if I'm wrong, but I think your porter is free for one listing. Maybe not. I don't know. I think I remember. Um, I think so. It, it might as well be, to be it's honest. Cheap. With you, it's cheap. It's super cheap. Get out of it. Yeah, it's at yeah. the most 10 bucks for a listing. And then like, you know. Yeah. It, in 16 for more than that it's it's irrelevant in my opinion yeah and i and i you know for anyone listening i highly recommend using something um and one of the things you know to become a super host you know communication is a in response time is is critical and by response time what they mean on the airbnb side is that that initial inquiry is responded to within 24 hours so I don't know what your settings are at, but mine are. If I don't actually respond or my team doesn't within five minutes, then my software sends out an automatic message. Thanks for, you know, basically like, you know, thank you for reaching out. We're super excited to have you stay with us and Julie and Peter will be right with you, you know, something like that. Um, so, and I did the same thing you guys did, built messages and really built them. I kind of built them along the same lines that you did, but I also built them with the mindset of having them want, almost feel like they need to give us a five-star review. Exactly. Um, you know, so, so, and you're right, like the, cause the way it can build it, like I, I remember having someone on the podcast that said, well, I, I don't, I don't want to not be personal. And, but the way you build it, they use the guest names, you know, they use our names as the host. So it does feel like, you just sat there and typed that message out to them. So 100% Absolutely. agree. How about pricing? Do you guys use a dynamic pricing software or no? We do. We use Price Labs. Oh, that's what I use. I can't. Yeah, I, we, we love it. Um, there's been, you know, plenty of instances where there's an event or there's a surge in demand that you just can't recognize on your own unless you're actively looking at, you know, all the properties in your area and, and, and you're, you know, like I said, familiar with exactly what's going on. But uh, back back again that's you use that what is that like 18 bucks a month something like that and it's uh yeah it's a non-factor in, in what it does for you yeah and did you did you do that right away yeah everything that we implemented uh excuse me that we used was implemented pretty early in the process just because you know i we i've done so much research on the different systems out there and the overall consensus um you know in, in these different short-term rental communities so we're using your porter. Um, we are using Price Labs for pricing, and then Turnover BNB for cleaning automation. Yeah, which I use that as well. I don't use it anymore. And um, so yeah, anyone listening, like you use dynamic pricing for many reasons. One is, I, you know, 
it, it updates your accounts every day, you know, which is important for the algorithm to stay relevant on Airbnb. So if you're listening, I can't stress it enough. And the fact is, if you're not using dynamic pricing, you're leaving money on the table for sure. Um, no doubt. Uh, so yeah, I can't speak highly enough. And turnover, B, uh, turnover, what is it called? Turnover BNB. Turnover BNB. Yeah, I mean, I love that app. Um, I just had to upgrade to a different software because I outgrew your Porter app, um, which Guesty is who I use, and it's. I don't even. I think you need ten units to be on Guesty. I don't know if they go lower than that, but they actually bought your Porter app, so they they own your Porter now. Yeah, I saw that was a recent uh, acquisition. Yeah. So, I mean, they're great. I love the software. And um, with Guesty, I didn't need Turnover BNB because it does basically the same thing where I get a booking and it tells my cleaners, like, here's a job, you know, here, here's a task and you can pick one. Pick it if it fits your schedule kind of thing. So, yep. um, which is great. Now, your photos, did you guys take those yourselves? Because they are beautiful. Or did you have a professional photographer do it? We had a professional photographer do the ones for the listings. And then, you know, ones on on uh, Instagram or whatnot, we've taken some ourselves too. But for the listings, definitely professional. Yeah. Now on Instagram, like is, <clears throat> is that like a major focus or is this kind of like a, or is that just like, are um, you actively like trying to grow that account and get bookings through there? Um, you know, that's probably something that we can improve upon. Um, it's not like we don't, we don't spend it or I don't spend a ton of time on the Instagram. I'll post whenever I can. Um, but you know, I think we have an okay following amount, um, but it would be great if we could get more direct bookings from our Instagram page. But for the most part, we're not as focused on the Instagram piece. Yeah. Now is, um, does Airbnb uh, dominate for your list, for your listings or is it, um, how's Verbo's, Verbo's presence? What's your feelings on that? And we actually get quite a bit of bookings from Verbo as well. Um, yeah, it's a good mix. Gotcha. That's well. That's great. Uh, I I just feel like Verbo is just still clunky. You know, it is. I don't like their platform as much as Airbnb's is much easier to navigate through. Um, but I mean, we do get we we seem to get quite a bit of bookings from from both. It's pretty evenly spread. Yeah, that's great. That is great. I mean, it's so it's so good not to be relying on any one platform, and it's so great to be able to allow direct booking. So I think that's a great takeaway too, if you're listening. Uh, so let's talk about Superhost. Did it happen the first quarter? Were you eligible that first quarter? Um, how did yeah, that all got, work out? We got it right away. The first um, round that we were eligible to get Superhost, we got it and we haven't not got it since. So we've been a Superhost since it was like April of 2020 was like the first time we were eligible for it. So we've been a Superhost since then. Congrats. Yeah. Now, was that something you were like conscious of? Like, did you, you know, did you dissect the criteria and say, okay, like this? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. In the yeah. beginning, we definitely did. Like, we have to hit this all five star reviews. Um, so we were uber sensitive in the fact of like the hospita hospitality aspects. Like, we wanted to set ourselves apart from other listings. And make it where if somebody is coming to the triad area, they're going to book our house first. 
Um, so that really honestly was our number one goal is what can we do to set ourselves apart because we want to be a super host, but we also want to have a good reputation where families who come and visit our properties are telling other families because it is, that is kind of the area there's, you know, families that come in to visit their kids in school and they're talking to other families. It's a very tight knit community. So for us, it was really, really important to make sure that the level of hospitality was excellent so that our guests would rave about our properties and, so far, I feel like we do have a very good reputation. We do things that set ourselves apart from, from other properties in the area. I don't want to ask for your secrets, but what? <laughs> um, I mean, I can share. It's fine. Yeah. I mean, it's just little things, right? Like extra pillows on the bed. There's so many it, pillows, don't, Peter. Don't I can't talk about believe my pillows now. I, I, we have people tell me they love the pillows. But anyway, no, just like things to make it comfortable, right? We want it to be a home away from home for people. So if you if you go into a property that's super stale and uncomfortable, that's not appealing. So we want to make it as, as comfortable as possible. And you said you've seen our pictures. So we go all out on the decor, the pillows. We make sure that there's an abundance of coffee. I mean, you know, if somebody's coming for the weekend, I'm not just going to put out two coffee pods. We want to make sure that they, they come in, they have what they need to feel comfortable and welcome. Um, so, you know, like leaving out the coffee, um, the bedding is, you know, comfortable. We spend extra money on the mattresses, like just, to, just extra things to make sure that the property is, is comfortable and I want to say more high, high, high class, um, because we want our guests to feel like they're staying at their own house and that it's homey. Um, and you know, we did our swings on our front porches. Um, that's kind of like our, our thing. So we're going to have to figure out where we're going to put a swing. We'll put a swing at the new one too. Um, just so just like little extra touches. Yeah. Yeah. That's no, that's great. And I think just to highlight what Carrie just said, you know, like I, I really, my wife too, we feel like anything that touches the guest, you know, whether it, and I know the mattress doesn't directly touch them, but it does. I mean, it's pretty intimate, right? And the mm -hmm. sheets and the pillows, all that is very intimate to this day. And it's, it, it's critical, you know, not that the kitchen or the bathroom isn't, but I feel like the bedroom's really important and they, you know, God forbid, you know, you, you didn't change the mattress out and now you get a 20 year old mattress that's lumpy and, you know, yeah. they don't get a good night's sleep. They're not going to rebook, you know, they're not going right. to, they're not going to, they're not going to, they're just, like you said, you're going to be ordinary. And it's very intelligent to think that way because I don't think a lot of people do, you know, I, I right. think. Yeah. And even, even things like leaving extra towels out, you know, like, I mean, we've personally stayed places and it's like, man, there's only one towel for, <laughs> four guests or, you know, like two towels. So we want to at least have, you know, two towels per guest that it's going to be staying in the house. If we sleep eight, there's going to be 16 towels laid out. I know that seems pretty extensive, but I mean, we want to make sure that people have enough that they, that they feel comfortable. Yeah. Uh, so, and even getting, you know, the nice plush towels versus the cheaper thin ones. So just, just spending a little bit more to make it to, to make it better is going to make you more money in, in the long run, in my opinion. We do not do that. We do we, we do the plush part of it. But we don't do the, 
you know, we don't do the double towel per person thing. That's interesting because we do get some feedback on that, you know? Um, I mean, it, so and my thought is I would rather have extra out versus somebody leave a bad review saying that the stay was great, but the towels were terrible or they didn't leave enough out. So I, I think I'm just always thinking of those little things like reviews and feedback is by far my the number one thing that's most important to me is making sure oh. our reputation is yeah. good and that our com our our clients our guests are comfortable and like their stay like hospitality is my side of things whereas ryan's more of like the money man no i i mean i, I you know yeah. it, it's interesting because i think there was like a stretch and i don't remember when that was but we fixed it but we were getting like toilet paper you know, comments like, hey, we're down to whatever. We, we're using the last roll. And it kept coming up. And I'm like, you know, why are we, why we, have, why are we dealing with this? What is it? Right. It costs probably 20 cents, you know, right. for a roll of toilet paper. Let, let's, not, let's not get feedback that's, that's like that. Now you're making me think, and this is why I love doing this show, because now you're challenging me a little bit. So I feel I mean, like... On you the know, flip side, I mean, we had a guest recently stay that ruined eight towels. So, I mean, we had to throw away eight towels. It's it's oh my really bad. But, you know, for the most part, we have very, very respectful guests and um, that don't do that. So it just kind of yeah. comes with territory and we are, we're aware of that. I mean, even down to like trash bags, we keep the big Costco box yeah. of trash bags underneath the sink that has a hundred trash bags in it. If somebody yeah. wants to steal that or take that, they probably need it more than we do anyway. So like our kind of thinking behind it is provide more to give the, the, the guests a premium stay rather than provide less and have them mad, you know? So I would, I'd rather take the risk of somebody taking toilet rolls or trash bags or even towels than to not have them out for the guests. Oh, I 100% agree. But I think... I do think that this is something that not everyone thinks about. So I think it's awesome that it's coming out in this podcast because it's it's a good reminder for people when when you're thinking about how can I get better? This is how you can get better. You sweat the details of the little what seems to be the little things that aren't so little, you know, so right. um, I don't even want to go. We don't have time to talk about how he ruined eight towels. So we won't go there. Uh, <laughs> We don't even know, man. That's the thing. We don't even I'm know. I'm not how sure possible. that's something we can talk about on here, but yeah. <laughs> we'll just let that, maybe next right. time. Yeah, let's let that go. Um, so do you do anything, uh, do you do a gift basket or any kind of gift for the guests? Do you write a handwritten note or anything? What do, what do, you, do you do anything we on that a, front? We leave a bottle of wine for every guest. So okay. um, obviously we're not there. We don't want to leave out cookies or perishables or anything like that. Um, so we do leave a bottle of wine, you know, if they drink great help yourself not just leave it there that's fine they don't have to take it but it's there if they want it to clarify we don't rent to anybody under 21 yeah. so that's that's our part of our rules is you must be 21 in order to rent the property yeah. i think airbnb is actually up to 24 now is the minimum, yeah but, i think okay. um, You're right. but yeah yeah um so you know we leave that out for the guests to enjoy and then you know the coffee and just extra touches like that yeah, no, that's great. That's great. Um, so we're almost at an hour, believe it or not, which is, I feel like we just started, but <laughs> here we are. So what are, what, so I know you're, you know, it might be hard to, to ask this question or answer this question because you're under contract for your third one, 
but where do you go from here? Like, do you have goals for this upcoming year? Do you want to buy X amount? Have you already been having your shirt tugged on that says, hey, could you help me manage my, my rental down the road? Or has that happened yet? Yeah, I mean, we get a lot of questions from people asking if we can help manage what systems we use. I mean, even me and Mel get people asking if we can design and decorate their houses. I'm like, well, I'm, I'm a mortgage lender. I'm, I'm <laughs> I don't think I have time to be an interior yeah. designer too, but like maybe down the road, I don't know. Um, goal-wise, goal, I mean, yeah, goal, I mean we want to keep buying as many as we can. This one is going to need a lot of work. Um, we're hoping we can get it up and running by the spring, but it's an old house, right? It's, it was built in 1912. Uh, it's over a hundred years old. There's some major issues that need to be addressed and fixed before we can get it where it needs to be. Yeah. Long-term it's, it's, you know, it's, everybody throws out the financial freedom and, and things like that. And that's great. That's absolutely what we're after, but we're not, we don't have a set number of properties. We don't have a set time frame. We're going to keep doing what we're doing, which is you know, managing our personal finances, which allows us to invest in a certain way. And one day, maybe we just keep this going and we look up and we don't have to work anymore. And that'd be great. But we feel pretty confident in the way that we've set things up now and the systems that we use. We don't, you know, it, it kind of boils back to a lot of the work with short term rentals goes in uh, on the front end. And if you take the time and you you know, stage your property the correct way, put your systems in place, you don't, you can have your cake and eat it too. You yeah. can have your full-time job and you can continue to grow your rental portfolio. It doesn't have to be either or. So for now, we're just going to keep plugging away. And if we find something that, you know, we want to purchase and we have the uh, capacity to do so, we're going to pull the trigger on it. Yeah. And we, we love what we do. And like we said, we're in mortgage and we have no desire to step away from that. Um, you know, we get to help people buy houses. So it's, it's, we love doing what we, do, what we do and just having this business on the side is just like Ryan said, it's just extra income for us so that when we do retire, we have, we have that, but we have no intention whatsoever to step away from our full-time job to do this long-term right now, at least. Um, it's just like, why would we do that? We love what we do and we love this side business and it's, it's been beneficial to us right now and hopefully keep it, keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's awesome. I, I, I have no doubt that you'll probably, you know, continue the growth, whatever that means. I feel like you're, you know, I like that you didn't say you had a number, honestly, because I feel like, you know, you start <clears throat> Ryan, I'm sure you listen to these podcasts and you got guys going, I, you know, I got to 50 in whatever, six months. And I'm like, man, I need to get to 50 within six months, you know, but that's not the case. You know, we, we, we personally got to a point where we're at now and we're not, we're not looking to go any higher, you know, like our quality of life is great and we work what we work and I consider myself retired, you know, and, um, but my retirement's not like what, I think just kind of what you're saying, like, if you love what you're doing, then you don't care about retirement no you know like that's like doing nothing is the worst thing you can do right as a retired person right. i think so um that's awesome that's great so anything that we hadn't talked about that you guys want to mention um what's your thoughts on someone who's sitting out there in their car right now and they 
you know, they're, they're maybe thinking about it and they've been thinking about it for a while. Is it just go for it? Or is it, you know, is there any kind yeah, of I mean, advice you would give them? I would say go for it, figure out what your finances are, what you need to do, save, 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 save your money, talk with your financial advisor, talk with a lender, understand what you can afford and come up with a plan um, and just go for it. Yeah. To, to echo that sentiment, it's, it's like, you know, I get it, you know, analysis paralysis is a real thing and you can sit there and you have to assess what your, uh, the amount of risk you want to take on, but anything worth having is worth, you know, risking, uh, you know, and uh, the good thing about short-term rentals is that you have somebody, and if you run this the proper way, if you're going to do it, run it the proper way, run it like a business, but you have people with eyes on your property all the time. Your cleaners in your property, in and out of your property all the time, you're maintaining your property, you're increasing the value of your property. So, you know, on top of that, there's multiple exit strategies, right? You might get into Airbnb and just find that you don't like it. That's fine. Back it down to a corporate rental. You can do that for a couple months at a time. Back If you don't like that, back it down to a long term. But if real estate investing is what you want to do, dive into it, do your homework, run it the right way, and it's going to be, it's going to pay off for you. I can assure you that. Yeah, that's a great answer. I do have one more question that um, you, you, you made me think of. So when you're buying this house that needs a lot of work, how are you guys structuring that deal? Like, are you just, are you, is it like a straight, you know, 20% down and then you got, or are you, are you taking into account that you have maybe a hundred thousand worth of, you know, work that has to get done. And is that in the mortgage or how'd you guys structure that? Yeah, we just did the 20% down and then we'll use savings to do the reno. Okay. And then do you, do you, do you ever think about cash refi or no? Yeah, we've thought about it. I mean, the, the cash out refi to recoup the cost that we put in, but it just hasn't been necessary at this point for us personally, but I do feel that's a huge benefit for people that may need to tap into extra cash and have gained the equity in houses to do that, to pull out, you know, pull out the equity or the funds from, from the properties for additional down payment. But we've just been fortunate enough where we, we haven't had to do that. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. So yeah, I have a house that we bought um, and I've been thinking about it a lot. Because uh, I probably have 200 plus, maybe 250 in equity in there that I could pull yeah. out. And I'm like, is it worth? I know right like now rate with the rates, you know, rates are still really low. So, yeah, even, you know, cash out refis, rates are a little bit higher. And, you know, when you do a cash out refi, but they're still going to be lower than they were, you know, three years ago. Yeah, it all boils back to what's, you know, outside of just rates they're still very good. What's the best strategy? I mean, there's yeah. so many different things that goes into, does it make sense to refinance or not? What are you looking to attain and accomplish for your personal financial goals and your, your rental portfolio? And that can vary from person to person. And, you know, it all boils back to what's the best strategy for you. Yeah. You can get HELOCs. There's so many different options you can do. Yeah. hundred percent. Well, that's, that's great stuff. All right. So I really do appreciate you guys giving me an hour of your time because I know you're so busy with your full-time jobs, your your investment 
you know, <laughs> side hustle and your kids and all that stuff. So I really do appreciate you giving us the time and telling your story. I think I think you guys are an inspiration to so many people. What is the best place for them to reach out to you if they wanted to do so and ask any other questions that we didn't get to? So the best place would be the our Instagram account. So Johnston with a T dot escape escapes. Yep. With an S. All right. And I will. Yeah. I will include that link in the show notes. Um, all right, and and that's 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 a wrap, guys. Thank you very much. I hope for having you. Us. We appreciate it. I really appreciate you coming on. Absolutely. Thank you, Peter. Yeah. Thank you.